Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, August 17th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. June 30th was the deadline for National Guard members to get vaccinated against COVID-19. 10% have not received their shots, and some states are fighting the directive. We've learned a lot more about the disease, the vaccine, and natural immunity and those things, which should be reflected in the policy. The Pentagon is sticking with the idea that a vaccinated force is better prepared for military duty. We will have that story in just a few minutes. Teachers say higher pay could keep and bring more people into the profession. That is one of the conclusions from a survey by a state commission studying Missouri's teacher shortage. Jody Fortino reports. More than 15,000 teachers across the state responded to the survey this month. The results will inform the recommendations that the commission will present to the state board in October. Missouri House Representative Ingrid Burnett, a member of the commission, said it's important that the state board falls through on recommendations. We will lose more teachers than we are now if we don't demonstrate that we were serious about this and that we intend to to stand by the recommendations that we made. Along with higher pay, teachers said more wellness days and student loan reimbursement could help with recruitment and retention. I'm Jody Fortino. As the state copes with that teacher shortage, it is also dealing with students not performing at pre-pandemic levels. The Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education's preliminary 2021-2022 assessments also show some test scores are increasing. Assessment Director Sean Bates says the pandemic continues to present education challenges. We know that classrooms don't always have a teacher there. We know that discipline issues or teachers are struggling, they're dealing with fatigue. The assessments show math and science scores have increased, social studies scores have slightly decreased, and English scores are mixed. More students were tested this year compared to the previous academic year. Health officials in St. Louis and St. Louis County are frustrated that more monkeypox vaccine is not available. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports health officials said during a town hall meeting yesterday that they are vaccinating high-priority patients despite the low supply. Monkeypox vaccine is given in two doses four weeks apart. St. Louis County has been tasked with distributing the vaccine regionally. The health department's received 1,900 doses but is steadily using them up, says Nebu Colincherry, the county's director of communicable diseases. He says the federal government is distributing doses based on how many cases there are and how many people are at high risk. The combination of that makes for, for us to get a lower allocation than maybe bigger cities might, like Chicago or New York. And given that, our, our priority has been to, to stretch that as much as possible. Colin Jerry says scientists at St. Louis University recently discovered the vaccine can be effective when administered in the upper skin layer. That could stretch doses much farther because less vaccine needs to be used. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. The Federal Emergency Management Agency is opening a second disaster recovery center in the St. Louis region to help people in the aftermath of last month's flooding. A center opens today at Rankin Technical College at Newstead and Page Avenues in St. Louis. That follows this week's opening of a similar center in Hazelwood. FEMA and Small Business Administration officials at both locations are providing information on services and assistance programs. Missouri conservationists have reached a milestone in the effort to save hellbender salamanders. 
The number released into the wild has topped 10,000. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports. The amphibians can grow up to 24 inches and can be found burrowed in rocks and rivers across the Ozarks. Conservationists have been collecting eggs and raising salamanders in captivity before releasing them to rivers. Jeff Brigler is the Missouri Department of Conservation's herpetologist. He says there were about 45,000 hellbenders in the state 40 years ago. Brigler hopes the released salamanders will keep the species alive. We're hoping that at least a third, maybe 40 percent of those animals will make it to reproductive age in large adult size. Once they reach that size, their annual probability of surviving is like 90 percent. Zoo leaders say a few thousand hellbenders are still at the zoo. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. It's been more than a month since the Army's deadline for National Guardsmen and reservists to get COVID-19 vaccines. About 10 percent of those troops have not received the shots. The Pentagon says unvaccinated troops will not get paid and cannot participate in federally funded deployments. Some states are concerned that will affect the ability of the Guard to do its job. Desiree DiOrio reports for the American Homefront Project. Army National Guard troops had until June 30th to get vaccinated, but almost 11,000 have refused, and thousands more have requested exemptions based on religious or medical reasons. A handful of states are challenging the mandate. In Virginia, where more than 300 guardsmen are unvaccinated, Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin and Congressman Rob Whitman are urging the Defense Department to indefinitely postpone the requirement. Whitman says the Guard is already facing recruitment and retention problems. We're also very concerned, too, about National Guard members leaving in the face of summertime where you can have, obviously, hurricanes and other significant natural disasters where you would need the National Guard. Whitman says the blanket mandate is outdated. It came out when the vaccine was still pretty new. The thing is, we've learned a lot more about the disease, the vaccine, and natural immunity and those things, which should be reflected in the policy. Other states have gone farther to fight the mandate. Texas and Alaska have sued the federal government, claiming that state governors call the shots when it comes to National Guard troops, not the Defense Department. And even in some states with high numbers of vaccinated troops, the mandate's impact on recruitment, retention, and readiness is top of mind. Greg Heilshorn of the New Hampshire Guard says the force of 2,600 is almost 98 percent vaccinated, but the loss of any troops could hurt. We expect to come up a little short of our recruiting goals. When you couple those numbers with not meeting our recruiting goals, then you're looking at a pretty big bite out of our rank and file. Heilshorn says the impact of any losses might not be known for years. We rely on those experienced soldiers and airmen to help train the the next generation. So anytime you lose one of those soldiers or one of those airmen, it's not a good thing. Connecticut has one of the highest vaccination rates in the country, and that's true for the state's 5,000 or so guardsmen, too. National Guard spokesperson David Pitlick says about 20 troops have refused the vaccine. Connecticut is very fortunate in that in terms of the overall size of the hit, Connecticut is very small. We are fortunate relative to other states where it's a much larger chunk of their force. But even though the 20 Connecticut guardsmen who refuse the vaccine represent less than half a percent of the force, Pitlick says he doesn't want to lose anybody. Other than just looking at this through the quantitative lens, there's a qualitative aspect to it as well. 
trying to understand who we're losing when we look at the individuals and what talents and skills are they potentially taking with them when they go out the door. Last year, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin added the COVID-19 vaccine to the list of shots that service members are required to get. He explained why in December at the Ronald Reagan National Defense Forum. A vaccinated force is a more ready force. Our troops have to deploy all over the world and place themselves in all kinds of conditions at a moment's notice. So in order to keep this force healthy, I think it's important that we get vaccinated. It's not clear if the Army will penalize troops who refuse the shot. So far, the Pentagon has not issued orders to discharge them. And state leaders in Virginia say the Defense Department has not responded to their request to postpone the mandate. That's Desiree Diorio reporting for the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration reporting on American military life. Funding comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great day. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.